Would you care to step outside? Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Planes are back, bitches! Woo! All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to DC and RMD, the Titans edition. I am Michael Flores, your host, and today I'm going to be subbing in for Steve. I'm in the studio with David. Hello, Dave. How's it going? Steve will remain the main host of this show, of this edition of DC and RMD, but he is currently out of town enjoying life. Maybe he's trying to train another Titans team. Maybe. (laughs) I do know that he's left us stuck in the studio while he's out exploring the wilds of France. I believe that's where he's at. Or Greece. Does that make us, you know, like either Donna and Starfire or Hank and... Hank and Dove. Wait a second. Are you trying to say you and I are in like this emotional relationship where you're a recovering drug addict and I'm out fighting superheroes? Hank and uh, Hawk and Dove it is. So I'm the pretty one then. I'm Dove. Dove. Okay. I'll take that. Can I touch myself a little bit? I mean, if I'm Dove, I mean, he's pretty steamy. All right. So today we're going to be talking about episode two of Titan season two titled Rose. Multiple dual narratives are going on this week as the writing team, Dave, attempts to catch the audience up on our heroes that are kind of in progress. That's the gist of the season, it seems like. Even with last episode, feels like, hey, this is what's going on. We're going to throw you in the mix and action. This seems like this more or less felt like the season opener than last episode yeah don't you think oh yeah absolutely and and obviously that has everything to do with what we discussed last week you know with the showrunner being kind of his feet being cut from under him with warner Bros. coming in and saying hey we're going to give you one less episode in your season so you're forced to kind of rewrite things and make things work for your season opener as well as your season ender so i am still looking at this positively because there are some issues that were not there last season i didn't have issues with any of the writing the setup was good um and even though we're getting a lot of great things i'm not i'm I'm not negative but we're also reviewers we're, we're critics and we have to look at things objectively at times as well and there are some writing issues that were not there last season at all well when you start when you start looking at series as much as we have you start actually seeing patterns and the writing on the wall and the writing on the wall. That's saying, okay, they're going down this path of this. Normally this doesn't bode well, but right. You know, you don't know, it's still early in the game of like yes. how the story pans out, but it's a very tall order to do what Titan season two is trying to do with their second episode. Right. And that's why I'm going to, Remain optimistic because I know they're still trying to lay down their path. Uh, But again, we also didn't have those issues with the opening of last year where you're not just opening up a new season. You're opening up a new show. And yet they managed to do it so seamlessly and in a way that really just it pulled 
it, it drew the audience in in such a good way. That's why the season was a success. That's why the show got renewed. Yeah. Because of the successes that they had throughout season one. Now in season two, as I said, uh, things aren't horrible, but I do see the writing on the wall. Uh, I have been doing this for a very long time. I know what to look for. And I'm starting to see those little issues that can turn into big big issues by the end of the season if things aren't turned around yeah especially since like the first episode the the last episode we we covered the first one already established some really big storylines i mean right. you had three three brand new character well the, yeah, yeah i'd say three brand new characters yeah, in the last about. episode yeah. if you want to include introduced. bruce lane in that yeah because bruce is a new character bruce and deathstroke are there and Especially when you come off of what they tried to do at the end of season one, you introduced brand new characters in in your uh, teaser for season two. There's a, this cast looks to be very large, which is I would say normal. Well, expecting dealing, a superhero team. Well, yeah, you're dealing with titans, right? Yeah, yeah. And like the thing thing about it though is is like that's a very tall order for a writer to handle when it comes to ensemble ensemble storytelling because you in order to be successful at it you have to have an ensemble cast with one core agenda yes you cannot have everyone having their own agendas and they all can have their own little issues but all their issues need to lead right back to the bigger issue that's how you successfully write an ensemble story yeah and hopefully we're going to get there. I mean, we get the idea this season that three months have passed now in this episode. We see kind of what everyone is up to all while introducing potential new threats and setting up new storylines for each of our group of heroes. Uh, this biggest one, this biggest new introduction or potentially new threat being the introduction of Ravager. Yes. A.K.A. Slade Wilson's daughter, as Rose. we find out at the end, Rose. Towards the end of the show, we'll get into her a bit more uh, and her source ma- and what she's like within the source material of DC Comics. I'm going to start doing that on these shows, and I'm going to suggest that the other hosts do it as well. Um, not to get into people's backgrounds until at the end of the show, and we can call like kind of a, a spoiler section where we can get into the character's backstory a bit for those listeners out there that may not be 100% in the know. When it comes to DC comic heroes. And the reason why I want to do it at the end is because I want to give listeners, Dave, the chance to sign out. Yeah, time, uh, tune out. Because sometimes these backstories that we go into from the DC wikis and our own knowledge of comic books, it may sometimes turn to, turn into some very big spoilers. And I don't want to mess the story up for people. And there may be people out there that just say, I don't want to know a lot about them right now. I just want to know what we actually saw. Yes. So I respect that. And I do. Uh, I do, too. That's why, like, in the last episode, it was really difficult for me to keep it a tight lid on everything because, like, you're dealing with Titans and especially with the dynamic of Titans and Deathstroke. That's a major comic book milestone. And it's really difficult not to go there because it's such a great storyline that they did. And you can't... You can't pretend that the source that doesn't material exist. doesn't exist. You yeah. can't be like, well, I think this is going to happen. We have to be 
sincere and if we know what the source material is saying or telling us, and yes, many of these TV shows veer away from what we saw in the source material. And I think that's a good call because why do we want to see exactly verbatim what we already know is going to happen? However, there are clues usually within that source material. So we can't pretend that it doesn't exist, but I will put it at the end of the show from now on as a way to kind of end as a way to end our discussion. Yeah. All right. So the soundtrack, I love it. Yeah, I do. I really, I'm really digging the, the, the theme of Titans. I, not just the theme, but this, the overall score, the composition uh, for this episode, especially when Dick Grayson is on screen and he's getting ready to do some Nightwing type stuff. And I believe the composer is Kevin Kenner. He was the composer for last year. For some reason, the IMDb page, as well as various wikis, are not showing his name attached to this season. But he did do an interview. So I have to assume that Kevin Kenner is, in fact, still involved with this season. And I love his work. We're big fans of Kevin Kenner. He did a fantastic job during the uh, Star Wars Rebels run on Disney XD. He was the composer for that. So he has a, a a very distinct talent of, I don't want to say he mimics, because I don't think any artist wants to be told he copies, but he yeah. has a way of capturing the essence of a genre and an established style. I guess that's the best way of saying it. For example, with Star Wars Rebels, he did... Some very unique things. He brought something new to the table, but it also felt like Star 100% Wars. Star Wars. And it fit that type of, I want to say those characters, the yeah. soundtrack fit yep. the characters. Yeah. Like when you get to Titans, I really get this vibe like, okay, this isn't the type of music you would see in say Justice with the Justice League team. You would see this with a younger team. Yeah. It feels like a Batman score. Just slightly different. Slightly different. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's honestly tailored to uh, Dick Grayson. Right. Like if you look at Dick Grayson's type of characteristics, the soundtrack is tailored to him. Right. And especially at that moment when he was investigating and he went to go find out what this deal is with Rose and he went to go rescue her. You hear that score pick up and it sounds like something you would hear from a Batman movie. So I dig it. I really like it. Now, this episode is directed by Nathan Hope and written by Richard Hatem. The synopsis, the Titans pick up another runaway stray. Hank and Don have adapted to a new life, allegedly. Allegedly, Donna and Corey are on a stakeout. All right. Love seeing Bruce Wayne. I figured they would include him in scenes like this, kind of like what we got this week. We had mentioned this during a... During uh, the show last week, and it looks like he will perhaps be, in fact, be a bit of a sounding board or a place of advice for Dick Grayson. And I know that you and Steve and I had gone into this quite a bit last week, and we were trying to figure out what Bruce Wayne's point will be in all this. Obviously, he can't be the center. He's and how do you not have Batman at the center? I mean, he is Batman. 
And it looks like we're not going to get Batman necessarily. We're going to get Bruce Wayne. Yes. In a position that we don't get to see very often. Uh, Yes, in comic books, we get to see this version of Bruce Wayne. But the mainstream in live action form. We haven't gotten We very rarely get a Bruce Wayne. Just a Bruce Wayne. A character that can offer advice. He's older. He's up there in his in his years and he can actually play more of the Alfred type role. Yeah, he's more of the mentor or the father figure. Yeah. And which is as comic book fans, we all know when you do a story that details any of the Bat family, particularly with Bruce Mm -hmm. and any of his sons, it almost takes that vibe of, okay. This is going to be a uh, Batman turns into a mentor and not the action hero who jumps through the jumps through the wall and bashes people's faces in. That's his son's job. And sometimes (laughs) he comes off as harsh in some of the comic books and we understand why. But I like what they're doing with him. Oh, I do, too. Yeah, it's a little different. Not what we expected because of how they set things up last year. I think we expected there to be a lot of animosity between the two of them, but it looks like they worked through that. They didn't ignore it. And I'm glad they did. Yeah. They didn't ignore the animosity. They didn't pretend it didn't happen. Cause I know some people on the internet didn't like that. Dick Grayson was so angry at Bruce, even though, Hey, that's from the fucking comic books. It is, but you know, people don't read comic books. They want to pretend they know everything about Batman because they watched, you know, Batman 66 and Batman and Robin uh, directed by Joel Schumacher and they think, oh, you know what? This is not the Robin I know. They're ruining the relationship between Batman and Robin. No, this is their relationship. Yeah, because like a lot of people don't un- seem to understand that the relationship between Bruce and Dick is built through. It's like, forged, it's forged in fire. Forged in fire, yeah. Forged That's in drama. I, forged in tragedy. Because it's it's something that basically brought them both together. And they got brought together because of trauma. And that's not going to be like always happy go lucky. You're going to have bumps in the road. And that's what I appreciate with this one because it it made it to me, this felt like an actual representation of what we know in the comics, which is honestly a real, a real type of feeling relationship between Bruce and Dick. This is them post issues. Now they're working through, they have worked through their problems, yeah, their differences, and now they can take their relationship to another level. And this is reality. This is real life. We all have relationships like that with others where we have a certain type of chemistry or rapport with a certain individual. Something happens, problems, we quit speaking, and then we come back together. And then when you, well, sometimes we come back together (laughs) And you form a new type of friendship, something that's built on the respect that you have been through it with each other. And there's a different type of understanding and a new set of rapport. And that's what we get between Bruce and Dick in this episode. And I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to to see how they continue to use that relationship. I'm looking forward to, especially with how good, um, what's the actor's name that plays Bruce Wayne? It's Ian Glenn, Ian Glenn. The way Ian Glenn portrays Bruce Wayne is fantastic because he he's portraying Bruce as not that gritty, 
dark. Oh, my name is Batman. I'm forged in the darkness. I'm Batman. No. <laughs> the way he portrays Bruce is, hey, I've been through a ton of stuff. I've seen things that would make a man go white, but I've learned from it. So he's like almost like this well of knowledge. And the way he portrays Bruce is so good to me because I'm so tired of people saying, oh, I'm Batman. I'm born in the darkness. Yeah. I need to be alone. No, that's not Bruce. Well, unfortunately, the Batmans we get. And because it's the nature of movies and the fact that Warner Brothers can't seem to settle on on the direction they want to take Batman. Unfortunately, we get almost a one dimensional Batman exactly. that, that works for movies. But when you're dealing with something ongoing, you, you have more room to really build out that characterization. And, and it's amazing to me that in two episodes and then a hinting of him mm -hmm. in season one, we've gotten more depth into Batman yeah. than I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And at least in live action form, right? Uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, I would love to see Batman in, in garb in, in Titans. But I'm like, going, no. Yeah. You have to build up to that. I'm a little torn, Dave. I'll be honest. Uh, from the fan side, I'm like, yes, give me Batman. But from a critical standpoint no a more objective approach or an objective look at the series i don't think we need it we don't need it i don't think we need it and mm. if anything it might change some of the things that they're setting up and yeah. i don't think the story requires it right now honestly oh yeah i don't think it requires it i think if batman were to show up it would Take a ton of the development that's going on with the Titans. Yes, the story is about Titans. This is the, the story is about the Titans. Yes, which takes us to Jason Todd. <laughs> Jason Todd's actions has put him on the outs with Bruce Wayne temporarily. Uh, you and I and Steve were theorizing what had happened. What was that one catch? That Bruce Wayne had told Dick Grayson. And apparently it's the fact that Grayson is going to be temporarily responsible for, for, Jason, for Jason Todd. Todd. He's a bit out of control and Bruce has pawned him off. But not because he's done with him. But he's thinking that possibly by putting him with Dick, he will help him in areas where possibly Bruce can't. Maybe Grayson can reach him. You know, after all, Dick Grayson was in fact Robin. Jason Todd is the new Robin. There does seem to be a little bit of respect there yes. for that. Jason Todd doesn't always respect Grayson as we saw last season, but he does respect Robin. Yes. He respects Robin because that's the mantle that he took. Yeah. And like, I really dig how they're portraying Jason Todd because this is the, he might is, be one of my favorites. This is the Jason Todd that, was back in the 80s we got introduced to. This isn't the Red Hood. He's not Red Hood yet. Hey, spoiler, Dave. <laughs> I think everyone knows this, though. I know. I'm everyone knows that. But, like, this is the Jason Todd that we as fans voted him to die. <laughs> wow. That's very violent. Well, because, remember, in Death of the Family, they had that big, gigantic 
they had the big thing. Oh, should Jason Todd die? Oh, really? Did Every, they do that? I yeah, didn't know and that. You call you call a one eight hundred number and you put your vote in, and then you call a one eight hundred number. And then DC editorial basically said, if the fans vote for it, it happens, and that's wow. how Jason Todd died. Because why? Jason Todd at the time of of that whole death and fast was seen as a douchebag prick, and I'm like going. When you get this, when you see him in this one, he's exactly portrayed like that. Yeah. He is a douchebag little prick. You want to punch him in the face. So that means he's going to end up becoming the Red Hood. Oh, no he doubt. has to. It's, it's not going to happen this season. It's way too th- soon. I, I, it's way too soon. And I think there's it, way too much going on. It would be so interesting to go that route if they, they had. You're dealing with Titans, Dave. They are going to get there eventually. Yeah, but, if, but it can't be this season. And yeah. I don't even think it should be next season because no, what no, need, no, no. this is what needs to happen. They need to fix Jason Todd as a as a person, and not fix him because he's written wrong. He's written perfectly. Perfectly. I'm talking. Clean up his edges. Make him the hero. And then fucking destroy him. Destroy him. And that's the whole thing. That was the whole thing about death of the family was Jason was a victim. Make Jason into the victim. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm, I'm honestly thinking that I'm hoping that they, if they get like say five seasons, the Mm -hmm. whole Jason Todd storyline ends at either uh, season four or five. And the way they're going with the DC universe app, I mean, they could set him up as red hood eventually. And then, make a spinoff series about him and there's so many directions you can take this this entire series i mean we're no longer beheld dave by one show you're dealing with the dc universe app it's its own network they can build its own shows within shows yeah so the sky's the limit the sky's the limit and then like the potential too because like one of the things that i've always felt myself as a fan i've always wanted to know is kind of like in the comics, it, the whole issue between Jason and Bruce has always been: Why did he be, when when he becomes the Red Hood? When he the death of Jason Todd? That it's always been about Bruce and Jason. But I would I'm always fascinated was Dick was considered part of that family. Mm-hmm. His brother was killed. Did that mean anything to him? And right. they never really touched that in the comics. And in this, there is the potential where we can finally see, hey, Dick Grayson's side of it. When it happens, what does he do? We know what Bruce does. We know how how bad that uh, how how he went down that dark road. But we've never seen how it affected the other Bat family. We never saw how it affected Dick Grayson at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now, Dave, did you get? Did you get, were they alluding to the fact, let me, let me see how to say this. You got to be careful. Well, no, no. <laughs> were, were they alluding to the fact that Jason Todd was looking at porn on the back computer? <laughs> <laughs> Would you be surprised? No, not at I all. I thought the same thing. Like his smirk, dude, was just like, dude, that, the actor that plays Jason Todd. Oh, he's awesome. They got to be awesome. careful, dude. They got to be careful because I totally dig Dick Grayson. Uh, Brenton Thwaites, I believe is how you say his name, is just killing it as Dick Grayson. Oh, the whole. But you got to be careful because. When you have someone as charismatic as Curran Walters playing Jason Todd, you got to be careful because he <laughs> because might take so the spotlight funny. from you. Yeah, because it's so funny when he just gives a smile. I'm like, 
Oh God, Jason. Yeah. You prick. You probably did. You probably did. You probably were like going, Hey, what's wonder woman doing? Like, because I could spy on her. Oh, see, that would be even funnier (laughs) because let's face it. Bruce has eyes everywhere. You think a master computer in the back cave. Show me wonder woman. (laughs) Show me her exact location. She's in the shower right now. Show it to me now. Show it to me now. (laughs) Here, Wonder Woman, take my lasso of truth. (laughs) All right. So along with Jason, Todd, and Dick, uh, they continue to flush out the, uh, the concept and direction for this new version of Titans. And I dig it. Uh, this isn't a sidekick squad. They no. made that clear. This ain't the skank shift. These are real heroes, no sidekicks, and they are learning to be individuals while overcoming their own respective issues. Yes. And Dick Grayson confirms that he is no longer Robin. Yes. That was the big question mark. And I think many of us Batman Robin fans were like, okay, well, this means he's going to be. Nightwing, Nightwing, right? We're all waiting for that confirmation. And Jason Todd said, if I'm the new Robin, who are you? Exactly. So the question now is, how long until we get Grayson as Nightwing or perhaps someone else? We're assuming it's Nightwing. I'm hoping it's Nightwing. Now, we don't want it to be too soon. We don't want it to be all season either we don't want it to take all season either so how soon is too soon how soon is too soon and how long is too long (laughs) how soon is too soon honestly if they rush it like within the next two episodes it's too soon yeah because you don't want it's way too soon you don't want him by next week being yeah i'm nightwing now but like but how did you get your name bro and this is where it gets complicated for me as a superman and batman and robin fan i mean if you yes the nightwing story has changed throughout history but i know originally uh, nightwing got his name from superman from nightwing year 1 yep so how do you get the name nightwing which is such a iconic name and Nightwing is a iconic hero in it's in his own right. And in my opinion, I love Nightwing more than I ever liked Robin. So how do you get that name when you don't have Superman in this series? Unless you actually bring in Superman or Superboy or Superboy. Do you think it would work if they use Superboy to do it? I think it'd work if it's Superboy that I mean, that's the other element in the, the elephant or the elephant in the room that basically no one's talking about is we've had the hint of Superboy. Where the frick is Connor? This whole time, where's Connor? And like, I honestly feel that. So you think it would work? It would still have the same impact, right? It you would. think if perhaps Superboy gave Robin, or I should say Dick Grayson, the new name? Yeah. I so think, it, that I think means, it would still have it. That means what? Episode? We have probably 11, 12 episodes this year. So. Maybe by episode six, you think in the middle would be a good point to give Dick Grayson the new name? Here's 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 the thing. You said what's too what's too late, right? Too late would be for me yeah. season the beginning of season three. You have oh, to. So you're actually, you're willing to wait all season? Then, I'm though. willing to wait all season because like the the. When he becomes Nightwing, you have to have it almost kind of like that milestone. Here he is. 
he's the badass that yeah. just showed up. You're not wrong. And like, I have a gut feeling we're not going to see the 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 the, the face off of them versus Slade till the end. I mean, look how far they took the whole Trigon thing. Right. So I'm thinking Slade's not till the very end when everyone comes together to fight fight Slade. Well, we're also assuming Slade is going to be the big bad. It's assuming he's the big bad. Yeah. And like, so I would say episode 10 or 11, that's when Nightwing should show up because at that so time. Towards the very end. Towards the very end. Okay. Because I mean, I, I totally get your reasoning and I agree with it, but let's take your reasoning and whittle it down to maybe episode six or seven, meaning you can still build that up. If you know how to write a show, you can give one season multiple climaxes. Okay. Yeah. It's much like having sex. You can, if you know what you're doing, give a woman multiple climaxes right david oh absolutely yeah i've never done it but i've heard i've read i've Legend read books. State. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> ancient texts i found ancient text i found <laughs> but you can do it you can create multiple points not all showrunners can do it there's only a That's, handful of showrunners showrunners that can give you that idea of a conclusion and it's satisfying and yes. then suddenly you have three or more episodes in the season so they can bring it in sooner if it's strategically planned out. Yes. Because like, and that's the thing is like what we, me and you have alluded to in the beginning of the show is that like, there's so many storylines going on. That's how I think it might be like this season where we have one peak, one end of the story, then another build up, another end of the story. But if, if Slade is the last one, that's the last big bad. He's the he's he's the uh, crescendo for the last hurrah for Titans. Then that's where I want Nightwing to show up. But if 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 the crescendo for Slade is like episode six, then yeah, the Nightwing should show up by that time, about episode six, and then you have another buildup of something. Say. Uh, they do another big bad and there's a lot there's a lot that that they could do because they've already hinted at a lot of villains and they've sent out stills of villains that are are yet to be introduced and that's the thing i find interesting about this everyone's focusing on the slade aspect but they recently just came out with the whole dr light thing and dr light's a huge villain for the titans he's he's yeah. a He's a major villain for the Titans. There's a lot happening, and any anything. This is why it's way too early. I it's know we way were too we were early. we were talking at the you know at the beginning of the show. We're like, well, there's a lot going on, and there <laughs> is. So it's really hard to say. Oh, especially it can if, go any direction at this point. Especially, especially with the ending or the the with Donna and. Uh, Donna and Starfire, the way they left it on a cliffhanger, yeah. there's another villain that they've just hinted at. I don't know if anyone's ever thought about it, but the way that that scene ends where Starfire gets taken by the other the other aliens. Is it Tamarian? Is Tamar that, Tamaranian? Is that who it is? Yeah. Okay. But the, the, the aliens that basically come and get her. It's hinting at Blackfire, which is her sister, which is another big gigantic yeah, for Titans. I know, and I'm 
Jesus Christ, Dave, I'm really hoping we bring these stories together, but I don't see how you can bring everything. <laughs> I don't see how you can do it because you also have the allusion to Raven's power issues again. Exactly. And, and listen, we, we I didn't realize that. There's, yeah. there's, there's so many other things. We had that brief moment during the episode and we were hoping that we would deal with this more. You and I and Steve all shared yes. similar thoughts last week. This was a big issue last year. She didn't understand her powers or herself and it was haunting her. The horror vibes alone were fantastic, but now based on last week's episode, we are supposed to believe that she's, oh, that she's a okay. Right? Well, that doesn't quite make sense. She found <laughs> out her father is a creature of hellish proportions and it was meh. Okay, on to new and better things. So that bit this week, yeah, just did it did give me hope that they're gonna not forget about such a big aspect to last year because it just doesn't make sense that Raven would be okay now. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm okay now. How? What changed? You just found out your father was Trigon, exactly. known as multiple evil under multiple, multiple different evil aliases, one of which is the devil at times. Yes. And you're OK. So the fact that they alluded to that alluded to the fact that there is something going on with her still is a win. But Dave, at the same time, it scares me because we have that. We have Donna and Corey, and I still don't know Donna's point in all of this, but there is that issue with her, and it seems like something going on with Shimmer. Yes. I'm nervous. There, the there is too much, and this Corey story with uh, Tamarian, is that who it is? How do you say Tamaranian. Tamaranian. That's a big storyline, as you mentioned. Yeah. So how do you factor that in? <laughs> do you realize that basically... Out of all the DC Universe titles we've gotten so far, me and you have always harped at how the series has always made the DC Universe larger. Titans in just two seasons has made the DC Universe look gigantic yeah. because they've introduced elements that are are, are like – all world ending. You have Trigon. You have the Tamaranian Empire led by Blackfire. You have um, – you have Destro. Like, why does anybody want to live on Earth at this point? I mean, because they <laughs> yes. also said something about Justice League out Justice doing League. something. Like, you so have you Justice have, League. Like, at this point, just leave Earth. <laughs> Buy a plane ticket or a space ticket a space and, and get the fuck off this planet. <laughs> and then you if have, this much shit's going on. And listen, Dave, you're right. This is the show that has everything we've been talking about. And wanted. And wanted. But give it to us a little bit at a time. And I totally dig. I do dig what they've done with these shows so far. Not Swamp Thing because it was kind of its own little show. They didn't really mention too much of the other things. But with Doom Patrol, there is that big connection to the Titans universe. Yeah. And um, Doom Patrol, one, thing, one thing that we totally dug so far and we dig so far, I should say, is that they allude to the fact that the world is bigger. That Superman does exist. That yes. Aquaman does exist. And that gives me as a fan enough. I don't need to know everything about them and I don't need to see all of them. And I do like that we are kind of thrown as an audience. We're thrown into this story and progress that things have happened already. And I like it because origin stories have been overdone. That's all we ever get is origin stories. Yeah. And I'm not uh, opposed to getting a good origin story. 
But imagine if we were thrown into a show about Titans and the entire first, second and third season is about reestablishing the origin stories of some of these characters. We would never get through a story. We never get through. There's just too many Titans. So I do like the idea that these people are already here. But that doesn't mean all these people need to be included into your show. <laughs> and, it, and it feels like they just, with Titans, they feel like, okay, you know what? We want to include everyone. I mean, the other element that I, that I was like trying to that's figure, all it is, remember? Dave? Maybe that's all it is. Maybe that, that's maybe that's all they're doing is saying, hey, this person exists. But there's big implications, though, that come with those inclusions. Yeah. And, like, the other element in the room is they introduced Cadmus with freaking Connor. I know. And I'm like, going, that's another Titans major, major bad, bad organization. And like, does that mean if it's Cadmus, that means Suicide Squad is, uh, actually exists? Well, Dave. Okay. So Amanda Waller. <laughs> the thing that worked so well with the first season was the controlled, overt, big, bad narrative that revolved around one person. It Trigon. revolved around Raven and Trigon. Yes. Those two people. And the emotional intangible narrative that connected the rest of the would-be Titans was Dick Grayson. He was at the forefront of that. And his emotional storyline would connect everyone together. I could be wrong, but it looks like we might be going in a similar direction as the CW shows go. That's Solid first season. And a focused story all falls apart and we lose sight of our core hero to introduce new ideas, new characters, themes while forgetting the previous. It seems like they're setting up so many things that it looks like it'll be a distraction. You have Corey versus Tamarian. Tamaranian. Tamaranian. I'll get it eventually. Tamaranian. Donna versus Shimmer. Rose Wilson. Raven and her powers. Jason Todd and his angst and anger. Dick Grayson, Dove and Hawk versus their relationship issues and drug addiction. We still have Superboy coming and Slade Wilson. Did I miss something? Oh, no. And then next episode, next episode, because it's been released. So you can actually see what the title of the next episode is. Aqualad. (laughs) Yeah, it's just. What the hell? It's too too much, Dave. It is too much. Uh, And so far, again, I'm not hating. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. But I'm getting nervous because as I said at the top of the show, we've done this a long time and we can see the writing on the wall. We know what to look for when a show goes off the rails. And so far, everything we see from episode one and episode two clues this clues us that this is the direction we're heading i'm hope i hope we're wrong i hope we get another amazing a season as the first one i hope i I mean there's a lot of good there's a lot of good things that are being included you have dick grayson bringing on a new member to titans possibly and this could go in so many different directions. You have Slade Wilson's daughter, and we'll get into her background a bit later after our break. Uh, her background is long and detailed, but based on the source material, she does have a sordid past that involves the Titans. Uh, this version of Rose Wilson isn't quite the one we know in the comics. But based on some of the things they're setting up, it looks like they can possibly link or 
lead, I should say, in a different but similar direction. And like I said, we'll get into that towards the end of the show after our break. So we have that as well. That's a big deal. Rose Wilson isn't a scrub. This isn't someone you can just brush under the rug. She's a big story addition. Yes. And she's a major character. So there's a lot going on. There's a a few inconsistencies with writing and rapport. Um, They're trying to cover way too much ground and it feels very forced and a bit contrived and it makes me nervous. But But on the flip side of that, from what we've gotten into two episodes, everything's looking good. You know, the green light is there. And I honestly feel, yeah, we, you see those inklings of like, Hey, you're, you're spreading yourself too thin. You're branching out into other areas way too early and way too fast. However, I think the, the amazing thing is the cast that they have and the production value that we're getting far exceeds anything I've ever seen on DC on CW. Yeah, Dave, but I don't care about production value if the story sucks. But the but the cast is actually carrying this. Yeah, well, uh, let's I hope. Mean, let's we, hope. Me and you have just uh, uh, only mentioned like uh, Bruce, Dick, and Jason. But quite honestly, one of the very big standouts for me cast wise is actually uh is starfire that uh, i can't remember the actress's name but she's won me over no she was my favorite character last year yeah yeah she absolutely hit it uh, hit a home run in the first season and she's still carrying it to this uh, throughout the uh, these two episodes her name is anna diop yeah anna diop she uh, i remember when it was first announced everyone was against her casting but she won me over in season one and she's carrying that still carrying over from season two. And she's doing a fantastic job as Starfire. Everyone is fine. I don't have a problem with any of our core characters. They're not annoying. Their stories are interesting. It's just a lot. It's a lot. That's all Dave, take me to your final thoughts and then we're going to take a break and then come back and talk about uh, the source material. Final thoughts. Season episode two is really good. Um, I really like the directions that they're going with their stories. However, it, it does borderline on too much, too much too soon because you're, you have like four, uh, four major stories just going on in this one episode. And then you also have like a fifth one and a sixth one and a seventh one just looming in the distance. You're like going, what the hell is going on? What was the storyline last year, Dave? Trying on. Yeah, it was honestly Raven. You can focus it. That was the storyline and it worked like the only the only storyline that I would say after episode two, that seems to be the the crux of everything is Dick Grayson growing into Nightwing. But is that the story? Is that the story? We how how can they truly give Dick Grayson his due when you have so many things going on? By making, uh, I feel like you're dealing point, with an 11 episode season. You're not dealing with 24 episodes. Yeah. It, that, that's the tough part is like, you're asking a lot, but overall I would give the uh, second episode of Titans a solid 80, 82, 82. All right. I'd give it a 74%. 74. Yeah. 
I'm I'm close to bring it down underneath eighty, but oh, I'll keep it keep it where you're at. If you're happy with it, I think at eighty two. Yeah, I think at eighty two because like. So let me uh, let me understand your thoughts. You see that there's issues. Yes, but you still enjoyed. That this, uh, you still enjoyed this episode. Oh yeah, I okay. still enjoyed this episode. All right, yeah, so did I. I did, like I said, but there were some writing issues. There's writing issues there. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll get into some spoilers slash DC source material tidbits. We'll be right back. Trains are back, bitches! Woo! The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Say, do you? I don't think I do. <laughs> Good God. I'm just amazed that Tony could fall asleep during a show. I know. I, I didn't. Ex- Is he awake right now? I can't see him. His eyes are too squinty. I'm not certain. Oh, that's racist. <laughs> that should be a meme. That should be a meme. Can someone take a picture of Tony and say, okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's sleeping or if he's just Asian? I'll sneak him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking off into the horizon. I'll are sneak you? a picture later. Maybe that's why I didn't know he was asleep. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Welcome back, everybody, to DC on RMD. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as Spotify. Just search DC on RMD. Also, DC on RMD, the Titans edition. We now have our own feed as well. Search for us. Give us reviews. Thumbs up. Like us. Share our show. Okay, Dave. So let's talk source material. Now, the big one here, Dave, and tell me how you feel about this. Now, we are assuming, and there's plenty of evidence to point us in that direction. We are assuming Dick will become Nightwing. But what if he does not become Nightwing? Especially when you look at what's being included into this season. Slade Wilson. Rose Wilson. I don't know how deep your knowledge of Slade and Dick Grayson goes, Dave. But what if he becomes renegade? Now, Deathstroke, Deathstroke's daughter was trained by the boy Wonder. In in Nightwing 112, Grayson dons a new suit and takes on the name of Renegade, teaming up with Deathstroke. Yes. And he infiltrates 
Lex Luthor's secret society of supervillains. Now, I don't know if we're going to go that far. <laughs> I don't think so. as we know. It's too much. No, it is way too much. But as we know, Superboy is involved. And Superboy is a product, a byproduct of Lex Luthor. So you can start taking little bits here and there and saying, okay, well, we're not going to get all of it. We have, uh, the Warner Brothers have, have, have never given us a straight up 100% accurate adaptation and i'm okay with that as long as the heart of the material is there um but based on the introduction of deathstroke this year the introduction of superboy this year the introduction of rose wilson it may seem like maybe they're gonna give us a little flipperoo maybe pull the rug out from under us now Dick Grayson takes up the renegade mantle when he allegedly throws away, when he gives up the superhero lifestyle, he becomes renegade and works with Deathstroke for some time. Now, I don't think we're going to go full on in that direction. It doesn't really make sense with what we're seeing, but there are things that we can derive from that. Yes, especially especially since... It's alluded to in this episode, especially when Jason sees who Rose's father is. Mm-hmm. Was what does he say? He doesn't say Slade Wilson. He automatically says Deathstroke. Right. So the Bat family at this point has had run-ins with Deathstroke. They they know him very well. They know him very well. Yeah. Apparently, what the the inkling that I have in this episode is Dick does not know that because if. Well, he doesn't know who she is yet. The Jason Todd and uh, Tiger Boy. What's his name? Gar. Yeah. They're the ones that Gar and Jason Todd are the ones that were looking it up on the computer. So I'm sure things will change once Dick Grayson puts it together as well. And again, I'm not saying he's going to become a villain or a a baddie of some sorts, but it may be interesting if they kind of give us something we didn't expect. And I would be okay with that as well. Renegade was a cool character. And Renegade it might- was a cool character. And it was an interesting time for the Dick Grayson character because you could see it. You could see it as, Oh, he's going to do it to infiltrate Destro's right. company. Yeah. That would make sense. So, but I think most of us want Nightwing. Most of it, us it, want Nightwing. It, it, yeah. Just jump to Nightwing. Yeah. But like, if they were to do that route with Renegade, I think it would be really cool. And it could work. It could work. It could honestly work. But then again, you're just hinting at a bigger problem then is like it, when Dick decides to infiltrate. Sometimes Dick Destro, infiltrates. <laughs> when he decides to actually join up with with uh, Deathstroke, mm-hmm. it's because he wants to infiltrate a larger group. Right. A, l- a lesser of two evils. <laughs> a lesser and, and of two evils. Deathstroke takes on that role a lot. He, Deathstroke is the lesser of two evils almost all the time. So is, is he, he a, is he a force to reckon with? Yes. But there are many storylines where he becomes the antihero. Yeah. The times. antihero. He yeah. becomes the antihero. And at that point, you're just trading on something that me and you just talked about, which is too much to, too much to take in yeah. because then you, you'd have to hint at, oh, the larger group in Intel. Well, if you want a larger group than Deathstroke, you have to you have to introduce characters like a Lex Luthor, like a Joker. Like, it's like, too much. Like, like uh, um, 
oh, I, I forgot who actually is the 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 immortal that basically leads leads the group. I forgot his name, but in essence, you'd have to introduce bigger bad guys than Deathstroke. <laughs> All right, so who is Dr. Light? Dr. Light is a bipartite character comprising of a supervillain, Arthur Light, and a superhero, Jacob this Finlay. Yes. So once again, we're getting another character where we skip past his origin story, and it's already a bit of a story in progress. And he is full-on bad guy and an enemy of... Many of our heroes, they seem very aware of them. They have fought against them before, and it seems like a lot of them are very worried and concerned about this new uh, villain. This new, well, well, not new, but the fact that he has broken out and he's, you know, offering, presenting a threat. Well, here's the thing. Dr. Light is honestly one of the most controversial characters in DC. And why is that? Because he is tied by history with the events of identity crisis where he is the only villain to ever rape another character oh in my comics. Really? That, that I did not know. That is dark. When, and everyone, everyone says, well, it's Dr. Light. You know, we saw him in the teen Titans cartoons. Yes. Because he was seen as a joke, right? They're not portraying him as a joke. No, here. They yeah. can't. You can't you can't expect them to portray Doctor Light as as fans know him in the in the cartoons. No, he's a he's definitely a, a high powered baddie. Yeah, he if can, you are trying to go true Doctor Light, they that's a, that's a real they big better. gamble. They better do it. He is such a controversial character. Because Let's do it. A lot of people basically said, okay, he's the crux to the to one of the biggest stories in DC universe and identity crisis where. Batman, or actually not even Batman, but the Justice League mind essentially mind wipe him and mind rape him to make him oh, into an David, idiot. What is it with you and Ray? <laughs> and because he finds out all their secret identities after he rapes the wife of one of the heroes. Jesus Christ, that's dark, man. <laughs> I would be okay exactly. if they include that though into this show because this show could could use some it fits that tone well it, it did last tone. year if this was last year i'd have no doubt that they were going to include that this year though the tone seems to be a little bit lighthearted than it was last year so we'll see now dr light can control light for a variety of purposes he can bend light around him to become invisible generate blasts of energy create force fields and fly he can actually control anything that emits light this is where it gets interesting yes such things have included Green Lantern constructs uh-huh. and even Superboy's heat vision. Yep. And the magic lightning from Wonder Girl's lasso. So this guy is hardcore. Oh yeah. He's one of the he's one of the true ro- uh villains in the Teen Titans Rose Gallery. So hopefully Dr. Light then will be the ultimate threat of the season that brings all of our stories together. It'll bring Corey's story together. It'll bring Wonder Girl's story together. It'll bring, of course, Dick Grayson and the rest of the Titans. If they use him as that potential threat and they, he's the thread that weaves this narrative together for the season then we are in good hands. We're in good we hands. We don't have to worry. The question that I have for you, though, is, okay, would you rather have Dr. Light be the big bag for this season or Slade be the big bag? I don't think Slade's going to be a big bad dude. You I, don't think? I, I, you know more than I do. You've read, I've read a lot of comic books, but I, I 
I'm willing to bet you've read probably 25,000 more the, than I have. But Slade is too likable at times. He is. <laughs> he and is. when you deal with a villain that's likable, it's hard to make him that ultimate threat. Will he be a force to reckon with during the course of this season? Yes. Is he going to do some fucked up shit? Yes. Will we hate him? No. Will we hate Dr. Light? Hell yes. yes. (laughs) So I think Slade is going to be the lesser of two evils. He'll be a threat, but then it'll dissipate and focus more on, on Dr. Light. I'm willing to bet. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the ultimate question that I have for any fans out there for of Titans is you're dealing with honestly two, two of the biggest bad guys known to the Titans, Mm -hmm. which is Slade and Dr. Light. Who's worse than the other? <laughs> that's the tough. That's the tough question. Who is the Who is the big bad that you would want the, all the Titans to come together and fight? Yeah. Well, this concludes this week's discussion on Titans season two, episode two, titled Rose. Lots to digest, but we got through it, and we will be back next week. So please find us: Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Just search DC and RMD. DC on RMD Titans edition. Thank you, David. Thank you. And the Titans are back. Mother of God, would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 